When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, one last thing that the Wilpons gave us, and I, I think this is an interesting exercise that we can do with other guys, but I wanted to do it with him because it was a shorter period of time, is the Brody Van Wagenen era of New York Met baseball. And I bring this up only because I've always said this about presidents, but you can definitely say this about general managers. Sometimes you don't realize how good of a job or how bad of a job they've done until they've been gone for a few years. Because you start to see the draft picks. Did that work out? Some of the trades that you can't judge right away. You start to see, what did that guy really do? And Omar Minaya has been given a lot of credit for that 2015 team in that, look, he built that team. A lot of those pieces came from Omar Minaya. So Brody Van Wagenen has now been gone for about two and a half years, which is amazing to think about. Time has really flown by. But when Steve Cohen bought this team late in 2020, he promptly got rid of Brody. And Brody's a weird era in Met history because it wasn't a long time. He came from such a weird place, and he's never going to be a GM again. So let's take a look briefly at the life and the legacy of Brody Van Wagen and the general manager. Let me start off with this. When the Wilpons hired him, I liked it. I, and I admit it, and I and I give you my tortured thoughts that I had when they hired him, and you'll at least understand it. I thought if anybody could convince the Wilpons to spend, it would be a used car salesman like Brody Van Wagenen, that he would be able to get Jeff in a room and say, Jeff, here's why, with his beautiful smile, here's why we need to spend $200 million on a big offer for Bryce Harper. Here's why we need to go after Manny Machado. And in his opening press conference, he came out with the whole, we're going to win now. We're going to win in the future. I was open to it. Now, call me desperate, but I didn't think it was the worst idea in the world. We've seen agents become really good executives. Like we've seen it. Bob Myers, I think, is a really good example with the Warriors. Now, you're chuckling over there, Pete. Are you telling me that when they hired Brody, you were, you were pissed? You <laughs> thought it was the dumbest thing ever? I think I did. I don't remember why, but I'm just now, as you're going through, it's a very brief history, but I'm just going through some quotes he had. So in my head, I will get there because there was one free agency period where he made a quote that, that I'll stick in my head forever. It was the come get us line. And I just, I forgot what signing it was, but it was, a, it was a joke. But anyway, get, get to your thing. Get, get to he the, talked the history. He, he did. did. He never did. All right. So here are the trades he made. We're going to break this up to trades free agent signings, and drafts. Because the draft thing, you never know, man. All right, that's, that's where Omar ended up getting a lot of credit, and it took a while to find out. Let's start with the trades, all right? Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarzak, Gerson Batista, Justin Dunn, and Jared Kelnick for Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz. As we sit here today, with Edwin on a brand-new contract as the most dominant closer in baseball, with Justin Dunn never becoming a big thing quite yet, with Jared Kelnick not becoming a big thing quite yet, and despite what Robinson Cano was, 
Would you argue that this is one of the great trades in the history of the Met franchise? I, I still can't do that because he got ripped off in so many different ways. A normal a normal GM would have gotten Edwin Diaz and either taken on a Robinson Cano contract and paid for most of it or given up the prospect, but not both. And that's what he did. And he put us back a, a, a enough to really hurt the franchise. Now, in the end, Edwin Diaz is great, but it's still it's still a terrible trade. I, I can't say, how could you say that? Like, I, he, I get what you said at the time, because <laughs> at the time I completely agreed with you in terms of, hey, if I'm going to give you a top prospect, I can't also pick up Robbie's money. But this owner has eliminated Robbie's money. It doesn't effing matter. That's out the window. And we'll see what Kelnick and Dunn, because the jury isn't out on them yet. <laughs> it's already turned in Edwin Diaz. Like, can't you say... Hey, I didn't like the trade. Here's my reasons, but wow, this has turned out to be one of the great trades the Mets have made in a long time. No, I, I again, Ed, bringing in Edwin Diaz is, is an A, but the trade as a whole is like a C plus. <sighs> Edwin Diaz is an A plus, fine, I mean, but the trade P, as a whole, C plus. Come on, P, you can't call it a C plus. You can't. Up until, up until last year, we were ready to get Edwin Diaz out of the. Out of New York. Pete, Pete, Pete. I, I totally get how our opinions change. And the way I've always looked at this is explain why your opinions change. And it's okay to have an opinion that's evolved. Like, don't ignore that you had a, an old opinion. Acknowledge why it's like me with Daniel Jones. A year ago, this guy ain't a quarterback. Now I say, re-sign him. I'm not a hypocrite. I'm explaining this is what I saw on why I feel different. I think for those who ignore why their views have changed and just all of a sudden wake up and say, oh, Daniel Jones is the best and almost act as if they never said the other stuff, then you're a fraud. But if you're admitting, like I'm admitting, I agree with everything you said about the trade. But today, Edwin Diaz is freaking awesome. We were wrong two years ago for saying it was a dumb trade. And maybe we got to give Brody credit. He pulled it off. It worked. Wow, that it's it's tough to give Brody credit for anything. Again, I'm I'm right. fine with Edward Diaz, but I don't know if I can give him credit. He got lucky with that. All right, trade number two: Anthony K and Simeon Woods Richardson for Marcus Stroman. So Anthony K, I mean, I just I don't think it's happening with Anthony K. It, it's early enough where maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see it now, man. I don't. You know, he's pitched a little bit in the major leagues with the Toronto Blue Jays over three years, and he's been terrible. Like, he hasn't been good. So I've come to the conclusion that the Anthony K thing is probably not going to come back and kill them at some point. Um, Simeon Woods Richardson, he's still only 22 years old, so we'll see. Stroman, like, here's the thing about Stroman. He wasn't awful in 2019, but it didn't work because the Mets didn't make the playoffs, and he did make one big, big start. Um, I think it was the, the Todd Frazier game, actually. He started that game and it was very mediocre. He sits out 2020 fine. Like, that doesn't even matter because he came back in 2021 and he was good. He was very good. The problem is the Mets decided not to keep him. So it's easy to look back at that and say, well, boy, if Simeon Woods Richardson turns into anything, it's a disaster. When Marcus Stroman was here, he was not bad. So how do you view that trade? 
Uh, I, I'd say like it's a B plus, not B plus, but B B minus. Because K, by the way, I think he got DFA. Yeah, I, I think so too. Got... I don't think he's with the Blue Jays anymore. Right, exactly. So that's fine. Um, Woods Richardson, yeah, I guess you don't know, but Stroman has been effective. I mean, you, he was good for two years. You compare him with like a Tywin Walker. I mean, they're both on the same level. He was he was almost at like the right handed version of an outliner. He'd give you five good in, five five innings, whether it was good or not. He'd he'd fight through it and he'd keep the, the score low. And look, here's the reality. I know he's not here anymore, so it's easy to say that trade sucked. They chose not to re-sign him, which came from new management. He made 44 starts as a Medi at a 3-2 ERA. Like, he was good. So it's it's tough to really kill that one. Blake Taylor and Kennedy Corona for Jake Marisnik sucked because Blake Taylor has actually been in the major leagues. He's been a competent reliever for the Astros, and Jake Marisnik was a waste of time. Like, he was just a, a complete waste of time. The J.D. Davis trade, though, that doesn't look bad. Scott Manaya, Luis Santana, and Ross Odoff, Adolf, Adolf, Ross Adolf. Can we call we him go. something else? Yeah, <laughs> just call him Ross. Some guy Ross. <laughs> AD was good. I mean, in 2019, JD Davis was awesome, and I wonder. I don't know what JD Davis is going to be now in a full year with the Giants. He was very productive after the trade. He just was. He was very good with the Giants. We may look back at the J.D. Davis trade where they got rid of him as an all-timer because Darren Ruff was abysmal. And I stand by the thought he won't be on the team next year. But J.D. Davis, when he was here in 2019 specifically, was tremendous. In 2020, for a short period of time, was average. In 2021, he missed a lot of time, but when he played, was pretty good. And then just sucked in 2022 to the point where they traded him. But you have to admit, that acquisition was another decent trade by Brody. No, and I actually love that when that happened in the moment because you saw the Astros. I think this was, was it during the cheating scandal. I can't remember. But regardless, you saw they had a surplus of, of offensive-minded players, and they couldn't have it. They didn't have a spot for him. Right. So I actually love that J.D. Davis trade. And I, I, I think he was a fan favorite when he first came over. I remember him being in left field, and he was there. He worked the crowd. He just fit. I don't know what happened in the first half of 2022. It's it's weird because the second half was completely different. And like you said, I think it's going to buy us a little bit, especially for what we got back. Yeah, sometimes the Mets give up on a guy, and we're all in agreement it's time to move on, but then the guy figures it out, which leads me to where Brody Van Wagenen was a disaster. Like, I'm going to start giving you lists of things that's not arguable. It's just this is where he sucked. Where he really sucked was twofold. Giving up on free agents that were Mets, like letting guys leave and signing free agents. Two pretty important things, right? He was awful at all of them. I'll go through it real quick. He cut Travis Darno. Now, again, very similar. I think we were all done with Travis Darno, But nevertheless, it's on your resume, Brody. You released him, and now he haunts us with the Atlanta Braves. They released Chris Flexen. Again, didn't think it was crazy, but Chris Flexen has become a very quality major league pitcher. They let Rafael Montero leave as a free agent. Again, I think we all understood it. No one went nuts about it, but Rafael Montero one of the better relievers in baseball. Let Wilmer Flores leave. Didn't all love it at the time. Wilmer Flores would have been a great addition right before the trade deadline. He let all those guys leave. 
Here's some of his free agent signings. And really my question for you is which one's the worst? Because it's all awful. Jairus Familia's brought back. Wilson Ramos. Okay, that wasn't bad. Jed Lowry. Michael Waka. Rick Porcello. And Dellen Batances. Like, that is abysmal crap right there. The Lowry has to be the worst. The guy didn't freaking play. And that's where the come get us line came from. I forgot what everyone else. I think maybe the the, the, the Phillies just signed Harper. Was that just what happened? The Phillies <laughs> oh. just signed Harper. And we we signed Wilson Ramos and Jed Lowry. And, and we're like, come get it. Not Wilson Ramos. But we just said we signed. Um, yeah, it was we Wilson Jed Ramos. Lowry. That was one yeah. of the guys. Yeah, we signed Jed Lowry. He said, he said come get us. I mean, come on. What? How embarrassing is that? <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> Come get us. Yeah, he said that in January of 2019. It was a very bold statement, which obviously was not backed up. The, the Porcello and Walker thing was on paper decent, but in 2020, and I, and I try to forget the 2020 season, because was it even a season? Like, it's a fair question. Was so, so bad. But here's where... Things are a little interesting now. The drafts. You like Brett Beatty? You think he's a pretty good prospect? He drafted him. Yeah. 12th overall. <laughs> if, if Brett Beatty turns into a star, we're going to say, thanks, Brody. That was a good one. Now, he also drafted Matthew Allen. So that hasn't worked out. He drafted a kid named Josh Wolf, who was in the Lindor trade. He also drafted Pete Crow Armstrong, which you can't blame him for. The newer administration is the one that traded him for Javier Baez, and he signed as an international free agent, Alex Ramirez, who's one of the top prospects in the organization now. So over a two-year period of time, the, he, he did leave us with two pretty good prospects, Brett Beatty and Alex Ramirez, two of the top 10 prospects in this organization. So left the Mets with two quality prospects, was god-awful with free agent signings, was god-awful in decisions of guys who were on the team, and I thought made one trade that to this day we can look back on and potentially say was an all-timer. The, the other thing, and I don't want to leave this out about Brody, was he got DeGrom to agree to a very team-friendly extension. And whether that had something to do with him being his agent in the past, I have no idea. Now, you could argue that that extension, while good in the short term, actually was the end of the DeGrom-Mets relationship because he was so bitter about it. I don't buy that, but okay. Uh, so I get, I do give him credit for that, though, because he did sign DeGrom. It was a great contract. It was celebrated, certainly, by me at the time. So I'll give him that. But overall, what do you want to grade, Brody? A D? A C? Want to give him some credit because of the Diaz trade? What, what, what are we going to grade this guy? Do you give him a D? I mean, it's either D or F. You can't really, you can't give him higher than a D because the DS was the only really pr- uh, productive thing he did. You, again, like you said, you go through all the pro. And why do we go and give uh, Brody the credit for the, the draft? I mean, isn't there a ton of scouting? You think that he was the guy Pete. that was like, oh, let's go. Pete, <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> Come on. We always give the guy at the top credit. I mean, uh... he was, he was the general manager when they drafted him. So Brett Beatty. Edwin Diaz, Alex Ramirez. Those three guys, good the good, are the lasting legacy of Brody Van Wagenen. If Brett Beatty 
wins a World Series, I will give Brody a nod. I'll tip the cap. <laughs> oh, what a two-year run it was with Brody. And when Steve Cohen took over the Mets, he didn't even wait 30 seconds before he <laughs> fired his ass. It was like, I'm here and you're gone. And not related to baseball, but it did make me chuckle. The Phoenix Suns have a brand new owner. And everybody's very excited about it. Uh, Ishiba, Ashaba, Ashiba, I forget his name. The first thing he does is he hires Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> like Brody's, I'm sorry, Cohen's first thing is, I'll bring in Sandy Alderson. Hey, look, Sandy Alderson had a decent track record with the Mets. Now, Isaiah, great talent evaluator. I do want to give him credit for that. But I don't know if you remember this. He's accused of sexual harassment and lost. Like, that's on his track record. And oh, by the way, traded and signed Eddie Curry, which also is on his resume. <laughs> so, Steve, oh. thank you for it being Sandy Alderson and not bringing in Isaiah Thomas. But I digress. If you haven't watched it yet, Game 7 of the 86 World Series, it's on YouTube. We have the link when you read this podcast and you click on this podcast to listen to it. We're going to do a whole podcast dedicated to that game, one of the most underrated but important games in the history of the New York Mets, Game 7 of the 1986 World Series. We appreciate you listening to Rico Bronia and downloading Rico Bronia. For all the new listeners, because I've had a few people ask me this, why is it called Rico Bronia? Because Rico Bronia is awesome. Okay, that's why. Yeah, you really need an answer? Because he's Rico Bronia. And it's cool to say, hey, did you listen to the Rico today? Hey, we're going to record a Rico today. Rico, 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 Rico. One thing I do want to do as we get closer to spring training, we will do roster projections what this opening day roster will look like and should look like. That'll be coming up next week. And also, this is Met-related, but it's more of a baseball discussion. Realignment. Radical realignment is something I've told everyone who listens to me. Uh, it's going to happen. I had a big discussion with Big Mac about that a few weeks ago where I said it's going to happen, and he disagreed with me. It's gotten a lot more attention recently because Jim Bowden decided to say this is how he would do radical realignment. First of all, his idea sucks. I'll tell you the best idea the one that I have that makes a lot more sense. But we'll get to that coming up and we'll argue about it because I think it's a terrible idea. I think it's awful. Pete has whispered to me because he's afraid, doesn't want to say it too loudly yet, that he thinks it's an amazing idea. So we will probably have our first ever fist fight on Rico <laughs> Bronia coming up in a couple of weeks. I look forward to that. By the way, I also just want to say a uh, shout out to everybody that keeps on shouting you out. Uh, as far as uh, if you if you scroll through the Twitter verse, a lot of Mets Twitter is looking for the best uh, podcast out there to listen to Mets wise. And a lot of people have been throwing out there Rico Bronia. So thank you to everyone who's uh, who's putting us out there. Well, we appreciate that. There's a lot of very good Met podcasts out there. So you should listen to all of us. NWFAN. That's what you should do. Because <laughs> make sure you have time to listen to the fan. And that, of course, is at two o'clock with me and Craig or 10 a.m. With Tiki and Tyranny. But thank you very much for listening. You can email the pod anytime, the RicoB at gmail.com. Goodbye from Rico Brunia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Brunia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>